Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 32, 33 and 34 of Divergent. So where we left off, she did a fear simulation and she seems to have done well because she only had seven fears and one of them was her making out with four and then four took her back to his dorm and was like, let's hang out before graduation. And it seems like she will no longer have that fear anymore because they were getting into some sort of playful territory. Let's just say that. So I'm assuming that they banged and we start chapter 32 and she says, I watched Tobias's face carefully as we walked to the dining hall, searching for any sign of disappointment. And I was like, oh my God, they did it. They did it. And she thinks he might be disappointed. How embarrassing. But then she says, we spent two hours lying on his bed talking and kissing and eventually dozing until we heard shouts in the hallway, people on the way to the banquet. So that's upsetting. They ended up just dozing and having a nap together, which is actually more intimate than sex sometimes, isn't it? Nothing better than a nap with someone else, but I was really, I was really hoping that they would seal the deal. So they go to the dining hall, but they enter separately because they don't want people to catch on. And Christina's like, where have you been? And she says, oh, I was nervous. So I just wandered around. And she's like, you don't need to be nervous about anything because she just did amazing in the fear landscape. And they were all watching, even though they weren't really watching. They just saw her reacting to things they couldn't see, which is hilarious. And Tris thinks, I detect a note of jealousy in her voice. And again, I wish I could explain that I was well prepared for the simulation because of what I am. Meaning, divergent. But I thought she had no advantage because this last simulation, everybody knew they were in a simulation. It wasn't like the normal simulations. It was a separate simulation. And she had a whole freak out being like, oh my God, I'm robbed of my natural born advantage. But now she's like, I was advantaged. So I don't know what went on there. And then they start talking about what jobs they might pick. And Christina thinks she might become a trainer of initiates. And Tris doesn't really know what she wants to do, but she says, I could be an ambassador to other factions, maybe. And Christina's like, well, you could have anything you want. Peter wants to be Dauntless leader in training, so why don't you do that? Wait a minute. So one of the jobs they can pick is Dauntless leader in training. They can just pick to become a leader in training. It's that simple. I mean, I know coming first in your class isn't simple, but like, really? I thought they'd have like a designated list of things they can pick. They can't be like, okay, I'm president now. I only have seven fears, so I'm president. And Christina says, hey, the leaders who are watching your fear landscape, they were laughing about something. (laughs) 
So that's clearly a reference to when she was banging for in her fear landscape and they were all chuckling along watching and she's like, oh, um, yeah, I don't know what, what that was all about. And then after some prodding, she's like, fine, I was afraid of intimacy, okay? And Christina's like, oh, that's interesting. So what was that like? Did someone just like do it with you? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it was just some faceless, unidentifiable male. How are your moths? So she's trying to deflect. Also. I love how she's like reiterating that it was a male. She's like, no bisexual panic here. She's a straight woman. Just in case you were wondering, she's a straight woman. And Christina's like, oh my God, don't say anything about the moths. And then Will's like, oh my God, you're afraid of moths. And then Eric comes up and he makes a big speech to the whole room. And he says, we aren't big on speeches here. Eloquence is for the erudite. And then the whole crowd laughs. And she says, I wonder if they know that he was an erudite once. I, I wonder if we know that. Do we know that? Is that confirmed? I know she had a little theory that he was secretly working with the erudite, but that doesn't mean he was born an erudite. I think maybe she suspected it and now she's just operating as if that's a fact. So he congratulates the new initiates and they all bang on the tables instead of clapping because I guess that's more of a dauntless way to clap just pounding fists on tabletops like that's that's butch butch dauntless clapping i wonder if at amity they just do jazz hands that's their form of clapping i don't know and he says we believe in bravery we believe in taking action we believe in freedom from fear and blah blah fucking blah so that we can force the bad out of our world so that the good can prosper and thrive he just said we're not big on speeches so i'm not going to make a big speech but then he just went on and on and on And he says, tomorrow our top 10 initiates will choose their professions in order of how they are ranked. Yep, we get it. Oh, and then he explains the ranking system. Oh boy. He says, the rankings are determined by a combination of three scores. The first from the combat stage of training, the second from the simulation stage, and the third from the final examination, the fear landscape. So how are those last two different stages? The simulation stage and the final Fear landscape stage are different stages. It's, it was the same thing. There's no written part of the exam, no theory they have to cover. Huh. And then he says, the names will appear on the screen behind me. And then as soon as he says that, all of the names appear on the screen, which is apparently behind him. Remember whenever they've done ranking updates previously, it was like written on a chalkboard. We were doing chalkboard writing and now they're, they've, they've graduated to screens. Why were they not using screens this whole time? So she comes first, surprise, surprise. And she says, first, divergent or not, this faction is where I belong. Not the case. (laughs) If you're divergent, you don't belong in Dauntless. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. So it goes, Triss, Uriah, Lynn. Who's Lynn? Marlene, Peter, then Will and Christina, and then the rest. She also says 11 and 12 are Molly and Drew. So who's eight, nine, and 10? I don't know. I don't think she had enough named characters to tell us at this point. She couldn't have come up with three more characters. She threw in Lynn and Marlene, who I have no attachment to, but she couldn't throw in eight, nine, and 10. Oh, but also remember they only keep the top 10. So Molly and Drew being at 11 and 12, they're cut. Do we care? I don't think we care. Wasn't Drew one of the ones that tried to kill her? And Molly's always been a bitch. And she's kind of happy that they're factionless. She says, it isn't quite the victory I wanted, but it's a victory nonetheless. 
I don't know what the victory she wanted is. I don't know if she wanted them dead or something, but she's happy that they're factionless. That seems like a positive character trait of Triss's. And then Tobias goes up to congratulate her and he says, you think giving you a hug would give away too much? And she says, I don't care. And then she stands on her tiptoes and kisses him. So she's being very brazen. I remember all their conversations about how no one can know because then they'll think that her achievement isn't her own and that Four would have rigged it. But now she's like, ah, who cares? (laughs) And she says, it's the best moment of my life. And then a moment later, Tobias's thumb brushes over the injection site in her neck and a few things come together all at once. So just the very fact that he's brushed his thumb over her neck on the side of the injection has just spurred a realization on her. And she says, I don't know how I didn't figure this out before. One, colored serum contains transmitters. Two, transmitters connect the mind to a simulation program. Three, Erudite developed the serum. And four, Eric and Max are working with the Erudite. Who's Max? Anyway, she she has this four-part revelation in this one little moment after she kisses him and she's super happy, she's super distracted. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot about this simulation serum that I just got knocked up with. Also, the way she's listing it, like she's one of the Skylar sisters. Number one, I'm a girl in a world in which my only job is to marry rich. So she's realized these four fundamental truths at the exact same time, and she breaks away from the kiss with Tobias. Imagine having a kiss with him and then being like, oh yeah, oh yeah, serums. And he's like, what's going on? And she says, not now. (laughs) So she's like, don't ask, okay? It's not safe to talk about it. She says, I don't even know how I'll explain it later. I don't even know how to think straight, but I do know how the erudite will get us to fight. Yet. They injected you with a serum and that's going to like brainwash you. Okay. What a clunky, clunky revelation. She just had this epiphany because his thumb brushed her neck. She didn't think any of this when the injection was happening. Uh, Very forced revelation, Veronica. Very, very forced. And that was the end of the chapter. So we go to chapter 33 and she's saying she's trying to find a time where she can speak with Tobias alone but there's too much going on. So she goes into her dormitory and she's like, when everyone's asleep, I'll wake up and I'll go and talk to him. But she's tired. You know, she just did a big fear landscape and then spent two hours making out with him on the bed. So she's tired. Oh, well, actually she had a nap on the bed. She told us they were dozing. So I don't know why she's that tired, but she says she's exhausted. And so she drifts off to sleep. And then she wakes up and there's all this sounds of squeaking mattresses and shuffling feet. And it's dark. But as her eyes adjust, she sees people like getting dressed and everyone is awake, but everyone is silent. So thank God she had the revelation that they'd be a brainwashed, mindless army because it's happened straight away. Veronica doesn't want us to sit with any idea for too long without a payoff because here we are. And Triss is like, what the hell's going on? So she's trying to shake them. She's like, oh, Christina, Christina, wake up. And Christina's just blank, expressionless, just looking right through her. And everyone is exactly the same. And they start filing silently out of the dorm. She says, they are sleepwalkers. (laughs) So she's like, well, I can't just stay here alone. So she puts on her shoes and she leaves the room and chases after them, trying to follow where they're going. And she says, they're all moving in unison, the same foot forward as the same arm swings back. So she's trying to mimic them, but it's a strange rhythm. So they walk towards the pit and there's Max in the hallway. Who's Max? 
Who's Max? I think, okay. I think he's the leader of the Dauntless, right? Or he's a leader. He's the one that wanted to give Tobias the job maybe, but Eric took it. I'm guessing that's who Max is. And she's like, oh shit, he's going to notice because he's not a sleepwalker. But he doesn't notice. And then the hallway opens up to a huge cavern and inside it, there's all the Dauntless, just all of them. And they've all got guns. And she's like, oh, of course. Eric said every Dauntless was injected yesterday. So now the entire faction is brain dead, obedient and trained to kill perfect soldiers. And so (laughs) I'm guessing we're led to believe that because she's divergent, the serum doesn't affect her. She's not involved. She's not getting tricked by the simulation that's tricked every single other person here. But like, we've seen you go into simulations before, right? Like she thought the crows were real. She thought Shania's, oh wait, no, Shauna. I think, you know how I couldn't remember that girl's name? Well, I think it was Shauna. So she went into Shauna's fear landscape and she got trapped in there. Basically, she couldn't get herself out of it. So we've seen her do simulations and be in simulations, but this one apparently not, apparently not, doesn't affect her at all because she's special somehow. But she's still playing brainless. So she's picking up a gun and she's fumbling a little bit because she's nervous and also not a zombie. And she's like, hope no one notices. And she assumes they're going to go and kill the abnegation. And she's like, all right, I'll play along until we get to abnegation. And then I'll save my family. And then whatever happens after that doesn't matter. So potato, potato. She doesn't care about any of the other abnegation families. Next door neighbor, kill them. Every other faction, kill them. (laughs) She doesn't care. And just because she came to that decision, a blanket of calm settles her. She's in a room full of every dauntless person ever with a gun. And she's got a blanket of calm around her. And so they're in this dark hallway. And she can't see where she's going and she's tripping a little bit, but everyone else is walking perfectly, apparently. Because they're in this simulation in their heads, they can apparently dodge obstacles. But her knee hits a step and she stumbles a little bit and she's like, ah, it's too dark for them to see anyway. How are these sleepwalkers not bumping into anything? That's my question. This must be a very strong serum, but obviously not strong enough if it hasn't affected Triss. And they're walking up the pit, I guess, because she says, that the light is starting to come through and now she can see who are the dauntless leaders because they're awake. And she's like, well, if I'm awake, that means Tobias is too, unless I'm wrong about him. So she's dead set on Tobias being divergent. And if he is, that's pretty freaking cheeky of Veronica to make out like divergence are so special, so rare. Two main characters are divergent. What a coinky dink. Oh, and they're apparently at the train tracks now. So they're at the train tracks and the train is stopped in front of them with every car open. And one by one, they're all climbing into the train. So the trains do stop. The trains do stop. Even though it's a factionless person driving the train, I guess maybe they got knocked up with some serum as well. Like if the trains stop, why did you tell me first chapter that the trains don't stop? But all they ever do is stop. And you're telling me that these brainless zombies who just walked up the pit without bumping into anything in in pitch black darkness can't jump onto a train as well? And so she's looking out for Tobias, but not too obviously, just out of the corners of her eyes. And she thinks she sees him. So she sort of makes her way there. And so then someone helps her up into the car and she looks up and it's Tobias. And she's like, oh no, his face is as blank as the rest of them. Was I wrong? Is he not divergent? And then she starts crying about it. 
But she's got to blink away the tears, obviously, because no one else is there crying. So then she's standing on the train, shoulder to shoulder against everyone. But then something peculiar happens, she tells us. Fingers lace with mine and a palm presses to my palm. Tobias holding my hand. Oh God, and I... She's alive with energy and she squeezes his hand and he squeezes back. And she's like, I was awake. I was right. Yes. Usually she would be like, ew, hand-holding, so unnatural, so gross. But yeah, I guess it's a beautiful moment that the thing she's so afraid of, a handshake, is now her savior. Even though handshakes didn't appear in her fear landscape, interestingly. And so yeah, four's divergent. How about that? The guy with four fears is divergent. Who would have thought? My question is though, if he's divergent, he wouldn't have woken up when everyone else is getting activated. Because like Triss only woke up because of all the noise in her dorm with everyone else getting ready, but he lives alone. He's got his own little private quarters. So I don't know why he woke up. Maybe he heard a noise, but wouldn't you just be like, oh wow, people are being noisy and just go back to bed. I don't know why he twigged that. Oh, everyone's brainwashed. I have to pretend to be brainwashed as well. And she wants to talk to him, but you know, she can't obviously. So he's just moving his thumb in a slow circle over the back of her hand. I don't know why. She can't talk to him. Everyone seems to be brainless zombies. Just have a little quick chat. If there's no leaders around who are awake, have a quick chat to him. Like she already tried to talk to Christina and Will in the dorm and they weren't responsive. So just have a chat. No one's listening. So then the train starts moving and she just has to be still and silent the whole way. And then they must get to where they want to go because the train screeches to a stop. Who's driving this train? Have they got a factionless person on board? What is going on? So they're about to jump off the train. And then Tobias says to her, run. So, so he's like, oh yeah, we can talk. I didn't talk to you this whole time standing next to you for this whole train trip. But now I can talk. And so, yeah, they're in abnegation territory because she's recognizing all the locales. You know, it's her hood. She says, oh, there's the bus stop where I once waited in the morning to get to school. There's the strip of sidewalk so cracked that Caleb and I played a hopping, jumping game to get across it. God, abnegation is boring. Like those are her stories. Oh, that's where I waited for the bus. Oh, Jesus. Did you guys not do anything? Did you play? Did you play? You jumped over a few cracks in the pavement. What else did you do? She's pointing out all the sites of abnegation and it's just a bus stop. Oh, and she says, oh, that's where I picked up clothes every six months. Oh, oh, that's so interesting, Tris. Please regale us with another tidbit. So she's walking further into the center of town and she's like, what are we actually here for? There doesn't seem to be any war going on. And then she hears popping sounds and she's like, ah, I know what they are. They're gunshots. But she just clenches her jaw and keeps walking. She's like, not my circus, not my monkeys. Pick your battles, Tris keep walking. And far ahead, she sees a dauntless soldier push a gray clothed man to his knees and she recognizes the man and it's a council member. And the soldier takes out her gun and then fires a bullet into the back of the council member's skull. So, okay, rest in peace. And she says, the soldier has a gray streak in her hair. (gasps) It's Tori. Did we know Tori had a gray streak in her hair? Like that would be much more impactful if we knew that Tori had that feature, but never mind. So Tori's not divergent. I think we all knew that. And so then she like walks over the council member's body at one point, (laughs) which is pretty bloody rough. And then all the soldiers stop 
And she stops and she says, but all I want to do is find Janine and Eric and Max and shoot them all. Poor Max. He's getting name dropped a lot in these few chapters, which foreshadows to me that she might actually shoot him. So she's still looking around. She's describing a lot of activity for us, even though we're led to believe she's just standing face forward, not darting her eyes around, but she can see a group of abnegation herded towards one building. The abnegation children are there too. And all the black clothed soldiers are guarding the doors. She can't see the abnegation leaders. She thinks they might already all be dead. And then a voice to her right says, this is insane. And she sees a silver earring and she's like, oh, well, that's Eric. Because Eric's the only one in all of Dauntless that has a silver earring. And Eric's poking her cheek. And someone else is like, oh yeah, they can't see us, can they? And he's like, oh, they can see and hear. They're just not processing what they see and hear the same way. They receive commands from our commuters and the transmitters we injected them with (laughs) and carry them out seamlessly. So he's just like, ah, let me explain to you the villain's plan, henchman to my left, while I am in front of the protagonist. We don't even know who's asking him this question. It's just a female voice. And he's like, ah, let me please divulge all my secrets. Also, it's some sort of transmitter simulation mumbo jumbo. Don't think about it too hard because it's not going to make sense. And then he looks at four and he says, now this is a happy sight. The legendary four. No one's going to remember that I came in second now, are they? No one's going to ask me, what was it like to train with a guy who has only four fears? Why are you saying all this? Like, first of all, if you don't want it to be remembered that you came in second, maybe don't say at the top of your voice, no one's going to remember that I came in second. Like, maybe play it cool. Play it cool. Also, who's going to be asking you this? All the Dauntless are zombies. No one's going to care how many fears you have. So then he pulls a gun on Tobias and he says to this henchman, think anyone would notice if he accidentally got shot? And she's like, go ahead. So maybe she's not a henchman. Triss even thinks, oh, she must be a dauntless leader if she can give Eric permission. And she says, he's nothing now. Well, no, he's one of your army. Maybe don't go shooting off your soldiers. So he's like full about to shoot four in the head. And he says, too bad you didn't take Max up on his offer four. Well, too bad for you anyway. Like, just shoot him. Just shut up and shoot him, Eric. Why are you doing this long villain speech? And Triss is like, well, fuck this. So she gets out her gun and she presses it to Eric's head. And Eric's like, oh, uh and he's like, you won't shoot me. And she says, interesting theory. (laughs) But she says, but I can't murder him. I can't. What? You just said you couldn't wait to murder Janine, Max and Eric. You named him on your hit list, on your kill list. And now that you've got your gun against his head, you're like, I can't do it. Well, she can't murder him, but she does shoot him in the foot, which is fun. And when he gets shot in the foot, he lowers his gun. So then Tobias draws his gun and fires at Eric's friend's leg. She keeps (laughs) So she described it as Eric's friend. Can we just not give a name to this dauntless leader woman? Also, why are you going for the leg? Go for the head. Go for the head. And then they start running. They're aiming for an alley because then if they get into the alley, they can disappear into the buildings. And she says they won't find us. Well, they could, but she says they won't. And as they're running, Tobias grabs her hand and squeezes, which again, she's she's not a fan of a handhold, but she's getting over that. But she's running and then she hears a gunshot 
and the pain is sharp and sudden in her shoulder. So she's been shot. And so she's down and Tobias is kneeling over her and she's like, run. And he says, no. And then they're surrounded and Eric's there hobbling on one foot. And he says, divergent rebels, surrender your weapons. This is why you go for the kill shot, dummies. And that's the end of that chapter. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And so we start chapter 34. And she's in abnegation headquarters. She's leaning on Tobias because she just got shot. And she's not really even focused on what's to come because she's like, I'm in too much pain. So they go into an office and there's Janine sitting at a desk with a computer and two empty chairs. (laughs) So they walk them in. And one of the Dauntless guys says to Janine, Divergent Rebels. And she says, yeah, I can see that. So she's sassy. And she takes off her glasses folds them and sets them on the desk. And Tris says, she probably wears the glasses out of vanity rather than necessity because she thinks they make her look smarter. My father said so. What? Your father's an idiot. That's a conspiracy theory. She probably needs them to see. Are Erudite the vain faction? I didn't get the memo that they were the vain faction. 
And then Janine's like, well, it's my turn to start divulging some secrets. And she points at Triss and she says, you, I expected. All the trouble with your aptitude test made me suspicious from the beginning. But you, and she points to Tobias, and she calls him Tobias. And then she says, or should I call you for? Like, okay, yeah, use his nickname. You're about to kill him. You have no relationship with the man. Use his nickname. Why not? She says, everything about you checked out. Test results, initiation simulations, everything, everything. There's nothing else. That's all there is. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a fear simulation and a fear landscape that are the same thing. And she's like, my theory is that you really do belong in abnegation, but your divergence is weaker. And Four's like, oh yeah, your powers of deductive reasoning are stunning. Consider me awed. So he's like, I'm not going to indulge you, Janine. You probably don't even need those glasses. And he's like, well, why don't you just get on with killing us? You've got a lot of abnegation leaders to murder after all. And she says, if Tobias's comments bother Janine, she doesn't let on. She keeps smiling and stands smoothly. She wears a blue dress that hugs her body from shoulder to knee, revealing a layer of pudge around her middle. What? A layer of pudge around her middle? Okay, what a mean description of our Lord and Saviour Janine. And take note of this because she starts to like body shame Janine. And I don't know if the implication is like, oh, the erudite, they're too busy reading to exercise, unlike us skinny dauntless. But like she keeps like fat shaming the erudite or something. It's like super bizarre. And it always makes me uncomfortable when the villain is like painted to be less of a human just because they're a little bit overweight. It's like, okay, fuck off. So then she's like, well, now that I'm revealing a layer of pudge around my middle, I might start explaining a bit further about my grand plans. And she says, you are both here for an extremely important purpose. Okay. (laughs) Are they? Like, you didn't even wake them up. They could still be in the compound. Okay. But no, apparently it's all part of her plan that they were brought to her. She says, it perplexed me that the divergent were immune to the serum that I developed. So I've been working to remedy that. I thought I might have with the last batch, but as you know, I was wrong. Lucky I have another batch to test. What? What do, what do you mean? What do you mean the last batch? As you know, what, what do we know? I don't know anything about a last batch getting used by the serum, do I? I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then she says, I have had a question since I began the Dauntless Project, and it is this. And she says, why are most of the divergent, weak-willed, God-fearing nobodies from abnegation of all factions? So that's actually kind of new information. So all the divergent that she's discovered were mostly from abnegation, even though Tori's brother was divergent. And Triss is like, oh, that's new information to me. And Tobias says, weak-willed. It requires a strong will to manipulate a simulation last time I checked. Weak-willed is mind controlling an army because it's too hard for you to train one yourself. So he's just trying to take shots at her. And Janine's like, yeah, you got me there. I'm not an idiot. A faction of intellectuals in an army? No thanks, no one wants that. She says, yeah, we couldn't do it on our own, but the dauntless leaders were all too happy to oblige if I guaranteed them a place in our new improved government. So she's like, yeah, what else do you want to know? Ask me any questions. I'll tell you everything. She says it will be an improved government, improved and working toward a world in which people will live in wealth, comfort and prosperity. And Triss is like, at whose expense? All that wealth doesn't come from nowhere. And like, yeah, you're happy, Triss, with the situation as it is at the moment with all these like factionless homeless people in slums. 
begging for scraps off of the abnegation. Like, yeah, that's what you're happy with. You're happy with how it is now. I don't know why she's on her high horse. And then Janine says, well, the factionless are a drain on our resources. I don't think they give them that many resources. And she says, as is abnegation. I am sure that once the remains of abnegation are absorbed into the dauntless army, Candor will cooperate and we will finally be able to get on with things. So she makes no mention to Amity. She's like, Amity, they're a blip. They don't matter. Also, she said like, oh, what good are the erudite? We would be horrible at an army. But now she's like, yeah, we'll just put the abnegation into Dauntless. They can be part of the mindless army. What good would they be? They can't even cut each other's hair more than once every six months. And you want them to fire a gun? They're not cut out for it. Let me tell you. And Triss says, absorbed into the Dauntless army. I know what that means. She wants to control them too. Uh, yeah, no fucking shit. We know that. We know that. Why is Veronica like, let me spell it out for you guys in case you haven't figured it out. We've, we've figured it out. It's, it's quite clear. And Tobias goes to clap back at her again. And Janine's like, nah, nah, not having this anymore. She says, perhaps if you could control your temper, you would not be in this situation to begin with, Tobias. What? What the hell does that mean? What the hell does that mean? It's got nothing to do with his temper. Even if he wasn't ill-tempered, would that just cancel out his divergence? Like, what? And then Four's like, you orchestrated an attack against innocent people. And she's like, innocent people? I find that funny coming from you. I would expect Marcus's son to understand that not all those people are innocent. So she's aware that Marcus is abusive of Four. And I'm guessing all of the leaders are aware of that because they saw Four's fear landscape. So I don't know why she went through all this ruse of like printing out propaganda materials, bad mouthing Marcus when like, can't you just screen grab Four's fear landscape? Like just pull out the tape of that and just show everybody that. Seems like that would be more effective. But maybe she doesn't have the technology to screen grab. Uh, she can she can inject people with a serum, but no, nah, she can't screen grab or screen record. Anyway, she then perches on the edge of the desk her skirt pulling away from her knees, which are crossed with stretch marks. See, this is what I'm saying. Why are they, why is there this body horror around Janine? Like, why you got to tell us this, huh? You know what? JK Rowling does the same thing. Pretty much all of the villains in Harry Potter, except for Voldemort, are overweight. Think about it. Peter Pettigrew, chunk. The Dursleys, obese. Umbridge, chubby. Crab and Goyle, chonkers. Aragog, Big fat fatty. Like all of them are described as being quite overweight, whereas all the heroes are skinny. Like, what's that about? So then Janine and Four are just back and forthing, back and forthing, and not getting anywhere. Like, seriously, Janine, just shoot him. And then she says, Well, what I do want to say is soon dozens of the abnegation and their young children will be my responsibility to keep in order. And it does not bode well for me that a large number of them may be divergent. A large number of them? Where is she getting that from? Also, that she's only going to rescue dozens of abnegation. That's not that many. Even a large number of dozens. It's not going to be that many. Just shoot them all up with a serum and squirrel them out. Janine, I trust you. You can do this. I'm still on Janine's side, by the way. So then Janine's walking around in front of him, clasping her hands together in front of her. Her nail beds, by the way, are bitten raw because she's a disgusting person. Oh, and she's like, yep, I've had to develop a new form of simulation to which they are not immune. I have been forced to reassess my own assumptions. And she's like, that's where you guys come in. You're correct to say that you are strong-willed and I cannot control your will. 
but there are a few things I can control. So she's going to test the new serum on them. Great. Meanwhile, Tris isn't feeling that great. She got shot, remember? So she's like leaning against Tobias, bleeding, and she's like, oof, the pain's pretty bad. So she's a trooper really hanging in there. And we've already figured out Janine's plan because she told us. But again, because Veronica doesn't trust us to put two and two together. Well, she doesn't trust us to put anything together. She doesn't trust us to read and comprehend what we're reading. She says, Janine is more machine than maniac. She sees problems and solutions based on the data she collects. Abnegation stood in the way of her desire for power. So she found a way to eliminate it. She didn't have an army, so she found one in Dauntless. Yeah, I know. She knew that she would need to control large groups of people, so she developed a serum. Yes, yes, established. Then she says, divergence is just another problem for her to solve. And that's what makes her so terrifying, because she is smart enough to solve anything, even the problem of our existence. Thanks. Thanks for the recap, Veronica. So then she tells us, I can control what you see and hear, so I created a new serum that will adjust your surroundings to manipulate your will. What? God. Then why didn't you shoot them up with it before? Why did you need to tell them any of this? Just do it. You don't need their consent. You're already doing it against their will. And she says, all right, Tobias, you'll be my first test subject. Beatrice, you're too injured to be of much use to me, so... Your execution will occur at the conclusion of this meeting. Your execution will occur at the conclusion of this meeting. That's very direct. Also a little bit too direct. A little bit too direct because you're just asking for her to escape. Just shoot her right now. You can wipe up the blood off your desk. It's not even your desk. You're in abnegation land. Just shoot her here. Be done with it. So with what little time they have left to hatch up a plan, Tobias takes her face and then roughly kisses her. So so like, yeah. May as well. Let's not bother trying to get out of here. Let's just make out. And she says, I am grateful that the memory of that kiss will be fresh in my mind as I meet my end. Maybe be more grateful if you can get out of it. I I wouldn't be grateful for anything when I meet my end. I'd be resentful of everything. So then Tobias lunges across the desk and wraps his hand around Janine's throat, just trying to strangle her. So finally, finally you're doing something, Tobias. And then two Dauntless soldiers pull him away. Meanwhile, she's useless. She's just standing there screaming. Maybe help, Triss. I know you're injured, but rally. But the two soldiers pin Tobias down. And she finally, she finally lunges towards them, by the way. But she's too weak from the blood loss. And another soldier just overpowers her. And then Janine's doing that spluttering thing. She's rubbing her throat. She's like, oh my God, Tobias. He left fingerprints on us. So he really went for it. He probably hadn't connected for that long, but he went for it. So then she gets out a needle with a syringe. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, I figured that would happen. Tobias, meanwhile, elbows one of the guards in the face. So he's still struggling. I'm so proud of him. More so than blood loss McGee in the corner doing shit all. So Janine sticks the needle in his neck. He goes limp. And then they let him up. And he's looking around and he's a bit confused. And Triss is like, oh, Tobias, Tobias. <laughs> like, I don't know why she's calling out for him. And Janine's like, he doesn't know who you are. And then Tobias looks at her and he lunges for her. And before the guards can stop him, he's now choking her out, squeezing her trachea with his fingertips and she's choking. And Hunger Games did the same thing, right? At the end of Catching Fire. 
I don't know why this is a trope in young adult novels where boyfriends choke out their girlfriends. I'm not entirely comfortable with it, but it does seem to be a bit of a trend. So Triss is getting choked out and Janine's like, this is a great opportunity for me to explain more about what's happening. And she says the simulation manipulates him by altering what he sees, making him confuse enemy with friend. Like, why are you explaining it to her? She'll be dead in a second. God willing. But one of the guards pulls Tobias off her. So oh, she's still alive. And Janine just keeps talking. She's, she's super proud of the serum, I think. She just like wants everyone to know how smart she is that she figured it out. She says the advantage to this version of the simulation is that he can act independently and is therefore far more effective than a mindless soldier. Yeah, because the mindless soldiers that we've seen looked really ineffective. And if this version of the simulation's that great, why don't you shoot everybody up with it? That doesn't make any sense to me. So she says to the guards, send him to the control room. We'll want a sentient being there to monitor things. And as I understand it, he used to work there. Okay, so he used to work in the control room of abnegation. All right, that's that's a fun little bit of knowledge for us. I don't know how we got a job there prior to transferring to Dauntless at the age of 16. And then she says, and take her, pointing to Triss, to room B13. Like, ugh, I thought she was going to get executed. Can't we just kill her here and now? Why'd you stop Tobias choking her? Just choke her. So two Dauntless soldiers drag her down the hallway. And she's thinking about maybe biting the hand of the soldier on the right. And she's like, yeah, I'll bite his hand off. But then she gets hit and then there's nothing. So she blacks out and that's the end of the chapter. So she's not dead. But man, action-packed couple of chapters. Finally, it's happened to me. We have finally got some action. I'm so sorry for the singing just then and for singing Satisfied from Hamilton a bit earlier. Butchered it. I butchered it. I'm not a Skylar sister as much as I want to be. And I apologize for that. Wow, things are heating up. I would love it if anybody listening right now could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't yet, it does help boost the reach of the pod. So I would super appreciate that. You could also check out the Patreon for extra bonus episodes. We've been covering Fifty Shades of Darker and oof, terrible book. Absolutely trash. Absolute garbage, but I am enjoying it. And I'll see you guys next week for one of the final few episodes, I believe. We're really getting towards the end of this book. So I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.